0: Welcome to the Cash Flow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You heard the man. You know where you are. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, I'm going to talk about proving it. And you're probably thinking, what do I mean by prove it? Well, I see a lot of folks doing terrible deals, especially of late. A lot of stuff going on with the coronavirus, civil unrest, all these different things going on, making people a little crazy. Maybe it's throwing off your... uh, your spidey senses, maybe they're not tingling like they should be, but guys, you got to stop. I mean, some of you are doing some terrible deals out there. So this episode, I'm going to talk about proving it. In other words, proving the numbers, proving what you're being told, proving that what you think will turn out to be a great deal, or what you think is a great deal is actually a great deal. Because I can tell that there's a lot of folks out there that are taking the word of the person who is selling them the property, or as they used to say, a bill of goods. So I want to talk about before you do any deal, I want to talk about proving the numbers by using plain old common sense due diligence. That means not trusting the realtor. And yes, I'm saying don't trust the realtor. I am a realtor. I'm still saying don't trust the realtor, the wholesaler, or the seller. Anybody that stands to gain financially from your doing of the deal can potentially mislead you with certain information now the jury is still out whether it's intentional or not intentional or maybe they just don't know maybe they're ignorant maybe they're guessing it doesn't really matter why it's happening what matters is is that the information that you're getting nine times out of ten is inaccurate instead of wasting a whole bunch of time beating up on the wholesaler or beating up on the seller or beating up on the broker let's just get into the practice of always doing our due diligence and I know it's real easy to say that what does that mean what does that look like well here's where we begin When you hear the word or the the initials, ARV, and for a lot of folks that stands for after repair value, know that the person uttering those letters is spewing nonsense. Again, ARV is nonsense. ARV is the human version of Zillow, and therefore, it is never accurate. I'm going to say it again. ARV is inaccurate, always inaccurate. The only person who should be determining ARV is the person who's getting ready to make the purchase. You should not consider what the wholesaler, the broker, or the seller thinks the after-repaired value is. You know why? Because they're not the ones doing the repairs. Understand this, the value of a property is exclusively what a buyer is willing to pay for it, period. Again, I'll say it again, the value of a property is what the buyer is willing to pay for it, period. Let me give you an example. Let's look at a vacant piece of land. If you're gonna build a high-rise hotel on it, that land, might be worth a million bucks. But if you're going to use it as a place to bury garbage, it might be worth $10,000. Either way, maybe it's farmland. That's going to have a completely different value. I can tell you examples of where farmland, for example, up near our property, farmland runs about, pasture land runs about $1,000 an acre. If it's wooded, you know, for game and whatnot, it goes for two, three, four, five thousand $5,000 an acre, depending on who's buying it. If you can put a house on it, it goes more like, in other words, if it has electricity running to it and it has uh, water running to it, city water, well, it's probably going to go upwards of ten to $20,000 an acre. But understand that the value of the property is what a buyer is willing to pay for it. I don't care what somebody's asking. Asking price doesn't matter. There's no sense in getting upset about someone's asking price because I can tell you in 20 years of playing this game, never once have I ever seen a property that was priced at a rate which I thought was a quote unquote good deal. Okay, Good deals are not advertised. Good deals are made. That's how it works, guys. That's just how it works. Here's a common one I hear a lot. The seller tells me, or wholesaler tells me, or broker tells me, there's a vacant lot next door that's attached. Really? Well, that means more grass that we have to mow, or more more grass that we have to pay someone to mow is, is more accurate. Ask the seller, the broker, or the wholesaler how much the lot is worth, and here's what goes. Jimmy the seller says, hey, this thing's got a vacant lot adjoining it. You could build another duplex there. Awesome. Are you gonna build that before closing? No. Oh, so what do you think the value of the lawn is? Well, value of the lot is a lot of loans worth a hundred thousand of the hundred and fifty that I'm asking for this thing. Wow, that, that value is that's pretty good. Hundred thousand dollars for this vacant lot, fifty thousand for the duplex next door. Tell you what, let's go ahead and subdivide it. I'll give you fifty thousand for the duplex. You can keep the lot and sell it to somebody for a hundred grand, which'll boost my property value down the road. That's awesome. Where do I sign? Now you're probably smiling, thinking about that. But it's it's legit. Seriously. It's like, Well, I don't need the vacant lot. I'm gonna go ahead and pass on the lot. I'll take the multifamily property or the little house, but I don't need the big lot next door. I wouldn't want to cut you short anyway by taking that away from you. You can make more money. Don't let people suck you into buying things that don't generate income and vacant lots sitting next door that haven't yet to be improved or gutted properties. Well, you still got to do all the work. So you can't pay the seller retail because you got to do all the work. I'm going to tell you a quick story about a Facebook post I saw recently So I I watched it and I followed up on it just to see what took place. Recently, I saw a Facebook post for what they claim to be a great deal for a rental property on the south side of Memphis. Now, I know the south side of Memphis really, really well, unfortunately. All too well, I can tell you. I'm actually breaking into a sweat just even saying the words South Memphis. Anyway, I know the rents. I know the property managers. I know what the property values are. I know everything about the South Memphis. I'm, I'm unfortunately an expert in South Memphis. Thank goodness I no longer have any assets in South Memphis and have left the area. But this guy is selling this duplex for seventy-five thousand. That's a wholesaler, and it's actually later he admitted in the conversation that it was a daisy chain deal. In other words, he's wholesaling somebody else's wholesale deal. I wonder if the original wholesaler knows it. He's offering this duplex for seventy-five thousand dollars, claiming that it will bring in seven fifty in rent per apartment, so a total of fifteen hundred. So at face value, if it's bringing in fifteen hundred, you can buy it for seventy-five grand. That's not bad, especially if it doesn't need anything. Well. First of all, because we know the neighborhood, I know that the realistic rent amount is about $300 per side, not 750, 300 per side. That's realistically what it'll rent for. That's if it's renovated, okay? If it's ni- if it's decent inside, shouldn't say nice because there's nothing nice in that neighborhood. But if it's decent, livable, it should bring 300 a month, between 250 and 300. But I'll give them uh, the benefit of the doubt and say 300, even though I shouldn't. Here's the best part though, with that 300, We haven't allowed for vacancy loss yet. I can tell you from experience in that neighborhood, and I know i found this out the hard way, that the vacancy expectation should be around 20 to 25%, which means if you're going to take in $300 a month, 25% of the time, you're not going to collect anything. That's the nature of the beast. Why is that? Well, it's a low-income area, and I can tell you that if somebody down the street offers a property, for rent for $25 less than the people living at your place will move in the middle of the night in a heartbeat because $25 is a lot of money, especially when you're on a very fixed income. I'm not condoning that action, but that's the reality of it. So you have to understand the tenant that you're serving, which means this so far looks like a terrible deal. Well, I'm not done yet. After realizing that they've claimed that it will rent for more than 200% more than what it actually will rent for. We hadn't even discussed vacancy loss. You know, I had to bring that one up. The property was gutted. Yeah. Gutted. Empty. Nobody living there. Nobody can live there because it's a train wreck. Okay. So that means we got to, Rehab it. Now, I've rehabbed enough apartments in Memphis to know the, how much it costs to rehab an apartment in the city of Memphis. And surprisingly enough, it doesn't cost as much as you might think unless there's major structural issues. So I'm going to allow. Now, guys, this is only in Memphis because I know because I have a big team in Memphis, I can get stuff done pretty cheap. It will cost me $25,000 to rehab an apartment. I'm figuring high. Realistically, it'll probably cost me around twenty. So simple, quick math guys, simple, quick math. We're going to spend $25,000 per apartment. So there's $50,000. If we pay the asking price, it's going to be $75,000 for the asking price. That puts us at $125,000 in. Okay. And this is how you can, the very simple way to do very quick math to tell you if you're even in the ballpark. Okay. So we're in for 125 grand and we're going to take in a maximum of $600 per month before expenses and debt service. So gross, we're going to bring in $600 a month rent. So let's do some quick math. If we use our amortization calculator, and if you don't know how to figure a loan, do a or amortize a mortgage payment, you can simply go over to my YouTube channel, go to tyler.tube go to my, or just go to YouTube, type in my name or Cash Flow guys. And it will take you to my YouTube channel in there. I have a video that teaches you how to a very quick video, like two minutes long, teaches you how to cal- use a 10 B two mortgage calculator to figure out what a mortgage payment would be. Very simple. So we put in a 30 year loan. Let's say we, we did a 30 year loan on the property for 125,000 at 4% interest. Now, let's be honest, if you're going to be using a mortgage, realistically, no no mortgage company is going to loan you money on a wrecked property on a 30-year term. But I just did this to illustrate, this would be the best case scenario. And you could even say, okay, I'm using my IRA, I'm using your cash. So let's say that you're going to bring private money into the deal, and you're going to pay no more than 4% interest on that private money, and they're going to take payments over 30 years fully amortized. I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek because that's pie in the sky. But I wanna use that those figures, those pie in the sky loan amounts, which are not even close to realistic. It would be much more expensive, but I'm just gonna make an absolute best case scenario. Let's pretend that the mortgage broker bumped their head, the underwriter wasn't paying attention, gave you a 30-year loan on a wrecked property in South Memphis at 4% interest over 30 years. Okay, so that mortgage payment would be $596 a month all by itself. For those that weren't paying attention, we're taking in $600 a month rent. We're spending $596 for the mortgage payment. $596 for the mortgage payment. So you've got $4 in profit left. Now we haven't allowed for property tax. We haven't allowed for insurance. We haven't paid a property manager. We have not allowed for any repairs, any tenant changeovers, which I'm here to tell you. Every time a tenant leaves in in South Memphis, the apartment's usually destroyed. It's dirty. There's things that are broken. The bathroom cabinets, the water heaters are stolen. That's just how it is. If you were dumb enough like me to put air conditioning in the unit, that will be stolen. Guaranteed. It will be stolen. Someday I'll tell you a story about how I lost a whole apartment building's worth of air conditioners because I didn't listen to my property manager. Anyway, you're already break even before you even got into the expenses. So if expenses are, should be less than 50%, and for simple math, we just figure expenses should be 50% of rent, okay, right off the top, right off the cuff. So if your expenses, 50% of rent would be 300 bucks, there's a problem. You're taking in a $300 per apartment, that's a total of $600. If your expenses were a total of 300 which is not even close to realistic here you're bleeding money left and right i mean just absolutely hemorrhaging money so i should probably tell you this was offered by a wholesaler the seller when this this is a deal that actually got done the seller received a five thousand dollar check at closing that's right the seller received a five thousand dollar check at closing the wholesaler made seventy thousand dollars yeah you heard me seventy five thousand dollar purchase price some knucklehead paid full price for this The seller got five grand. The wholesaler got 70,000. A lot of you are thinking thumbs up. Others of you are probably thinking dirty bottom feeder. Whichever you think, it doesn't really matter. What matters is the investor got a terrible deal. The buyer now owns a gutted and vacant dump in a war zone neighborhood that's worth actually less than what the seller received. I wouldn't have given the seller five grand for that. No way. Because the value of it's maybe 500 bucks. That's why there's so many abandoned properties in South Memphis because it's, there's just costs more to do the transaction. The closing costs usually will exceed the value of the property in a lot of cases. They're that bad. It's so bad in South Memphis that if you go to the city of of Memphis, they'll sell you vacant lots for a hundred bucks a piece. You can buy all the lots that you want in South Memphis for a hundred bucks a piece. Go to the Memphis land bank, That's what it's called. And you can buy lots for a hundred bucks in Memphis. That means you get to pay taxes on the lots after you own them. So please don't be stupid enough to go do this. But when you go out and spend a hundred bucks on a vacant lot, the city starts getting a tax revenue and they'll start sending you a bill every year for taxes. Oh, and by the way, if anybody gets hurt on that vacant lot, shot, whatever, uh, overdosed on drugs, you are going to be responsible as the landowner. So don't buy a vacant lot in South Memphis, guys, because it's not what you think. It's not as simple to make profit as you think. How do I know that? It's a little thing called due diligence. There's no profit in that type of a deal. So ask yourself this, how could this deal have been avoided? If the buyer would have verified the rent amounts on Craigslist, a simple Craigslist check, just type in Memphis, find a property that's for rent around that area, which you'll see several, you can easily see they're renting between 250 or 300. You could go on Rentometer, yes, but Rentometer only goes based on advertised prices. You could call a property manager and a lot of the property managers probably wouldn't even be willing to manage the property at all. That should tell you something. If they're not willing to manage the property in that neighborhood, that's probably a big red waving flag that's saying, hey, this isn't for me, right? Maybe I should be looking somewhere else. If nobody else is willing to do this, maybe that's a clue boys and girls, a couple gotchas that things that be, most investors don't think about. When you buy a property, the property taxes will adjust to the value that you pay. So that means if the property hasn't been sold in 30 years and the last time it was bought, it was bought for 10 grand and now you pay a hundred grand, the property taxes that they're paying now are going to go up 10 times because they're going to base the property value on the amount that you paid for it, the hundred grand. Now, each municipality has different ways of calculating that. That's not always the case across the country, but you can bet your bippy that if the government's going to figure out a way to get their tax money no matter what. Another thing to keep in mind, title insurance. And this is another thing that people don't pay attention they don't even ask for title insurance. They don't know that they should get title insurance. When you buy from a wholesaler, you usually don't get title insurance. Even though they may hand you a title insurance policy, it's kind of a scam because the title insurance policy will exclude the transaction. So if there's title issues, you have no, no nothing to save you. You're out the money. Bottom line, if you're going to buy something, an investment property of any kind, I don't care if it's a flip, it's a rental, whatever, do your homework. If you're going to buy a flip, get an appraisal. I can't begin to tell you how many knuckleheads I know that buy properties without getting an appraisal. Every property I've ever bought, I get an appraisal. Every property I've ever bought, I get a home inspection. That includes apartment buildings. We absolutely get inspections so we can avoid the gotchas because the gotchas, boys and girls, are going to eat you alive. They will crush you. So spend the money, do your homework up front, and if you don't buy the deal, okay, it's not the end of the world. Would you rather lose the four hundred bucks for an appraisal? Or would you rather lose sixty grand because you bought a property and you paid too much? Or ARV, whatever you think that may be, is unrealistic. If the wholesaler tells you it'll sell for three hundred grand all day and the appraisal comes back, which it says that it won't sell for more than $150 on its best day, even if you wrapped it in gold. Well, guess what the appraiser just did? The appraiser just saved you a loss of $150,000. Well, if the value comes back at $150,000, what did the appraisal do? What did the appraiser save you? About $150,000. Yeah, you lost 400 bucks by having to pay for an appraisal, but did you really lose? No. That's called the cost of doing business. That's called not being a knucklehead. I honestly don't believe that there is a, such a thing as a loss that can be That cannot be avoided and what i mean by that is is that if you just do your homework if you cross your t's and dot your i's if you question everything and prove all the data and all the information you're being told then you really should should be able to eliminate most of the gotchas okay i probably shouldn't have said all but most you can eliminate most of the gotchas i understand that you open up a wall and you find termite damage and there's things like that but that's not going to cause you to lose the purchase price of the house Okay, you're not going to lose massive amounts of money. Yeah, you're going to spend some more money on construction and two-by-fours and that type of thing, but you're not going to get wiped out by that type of a mistake. Okay, as long as you are savvy when you're doing your homework, if as long as you take the time to, to pull the trigger, to buy insurance, to double-check everything, make sure all the paperwork is correct, make sure you've done a title search, make sure you have a home inspection, you get an appraisal, you're going to be fine. Just remember, when anybody tells you anything that has to do with data or numbers that you're relying on to make or break your investment, then you need to ask... You need to say to yourself, prove it. 100% of the time, say prove it. The whole idea here, guys, is that we believe everything we're being told or a lot of things we're being told because people like, like I, for example, I generally think the best of people until they prove otherwise. And sometimes that doesn't serve me too well. Sometimes I've taken a bath because I trusted people and I didn't fact check them right? I've blown away since they've started implementing fact checking across Facebook and a lot of the places, how much BS is out there, how much stuff is being, how much smoke is being blown up our skirts every single day by not just the media, just by the people around us. So we have to do it. We are responsible to check things ourselves, make sure that the information that we're using to base our decision on the investment is accurate, is factual, and comes from a credible source. And the bottom line is if the information is coming from any party, that is going to financially gain from this transaction, the purchase of the sale of this property, anybody that's on a commission or gets an assignment fee or the seller, then you cannot take that information as factual. I'm not saying you have to walk up and call them a liar, but you owe it to yourself to check and make sure that what you're being told is proper, makes sense. Have a great week, guys. This concludes today's today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn.